0: Welcome to the Investing Mastermind Podcast. I'm Michelle Markey. And I'm Sina Lundholt. And today we're going to talk about a lot of beginner investing mistakes that both Cena and I have made or that we've observed in others. And in a previous episode that's called What Not to Invest in, we talked a little bit about some of the mistakes, like I hinted at some of them, like whereas that episode was about logically what would not be good to invest in. What we're gonna focus on today is more behaviorally what not to do when it comes to investing. So I just wanted to put that distinction out there and lead off with some of my own mistakes because the best thing about making mistakes is that we can learn and grow from them. So it's not about making anyone feel bad. It's okay if we've made mistakes as long as we're willing to learn from them and hopefully try to avoid repeating them again. So some of my mistakes include, I have been stubborn in the past where a stock that I thought I had done the research on and I thought, you know, I had conviction about it and I thought it had a lot of things going for it and why shouldn't it do well? And then some things happened, some events or, you know, earnings came out that the stock market was starting to sell off a stock. And instead of getting out of it, like I should have when I should have had my, selling criteria that I should have paid attention to. Like if the stock does this, then I should sell it. But then I didn't, I became stubborn. And I was like, no, it's going to come back. Like, even though it's going down, but I believe in the stock, it's going to make it back. And then, you know, that was one of my mistakes is that I knew logically in my brain what I should have done. And then I didn't do it. So that was one of my big mistakes before is, is just being, a little bit pigheaded and, and not doing what I should do. So that's, that's the emotional game of investing. Sometimes it's just, you kind of like, you know what you should do. And then behaviorally you make the wrong decision. So investing is all about trying to make as good of a decision as you can, even though it's hard with our human nature sometimes. So what do you think Sina, anything that you want to start off with? I've done the same mistake. It actually
1: started differently because that's a, Mistake sandwich, I would say I made (laughs) because um, what I did was in the very beginning of learning about Warren Buffett's style investing, I made a mistake of following Buffett into a company that Berkshire Hathaway invested in without doing my homework and studying the company and also with I wouldn't say a lot of money, but at the time for me, I invested a lot of money in that company. Now I invest larger sums, but at that time, it was a lot of money for me that I invested in this company only to see how the stock price went down. And the reason for that was because Berkshire Hathaway sold it. And I just stayed with that company for way too long. Also trying to hope that, oh, maybe it will recover. I bought at the very top. It's never been up like it was back when Buffett bought it. (laughs) And we don't know if it was Buffett. There's been some information that it was not him that bought into the business, but it was him that said, "Uh uh-uh, no, no. We're not investing in this business. We're pulling out. So he pulled out of the company. And that was a mistake that I definitely learned from. And what I learned was to not just follow Buffett into an investment. I need to do my due diligence. I do like what you've mentioned to me, Michelle, about maybe buying a little bit to get your feet wet and just buying a little bit of stock. And then studying it, I think that's an interesting idea I potentially could do in the future. But what I did was I came in with, at that time, a lot of my money to something I had no idea about because I was so excited about Warren Buffett's style and trying to copy him. And yeah, so not a good idea.
0: (laughs) I know it it can be really tempting. And to your point, I did one of those little getting feet wet experiences where... I tried buying only one share of Taiwan Semiconductor as soon as I learned that Berkshire bought one, just so I would care a little bit. So, you know, I maybe invested $79 into one share of Taiwan Semiconductor TSM. And then I started learning more about semiconductors. And then I spent a few months doing that. I was like, ooh, this is getting interesting. And then I didn't learn that much. Like I learned a little bit, but I didn't feel super comfortable to invest more. And then I learned that before I knew it, Berkshire had reduced their position in Taiwan Semiconductor by 86%. And then the next quarter they sold all of it. So it just goes to show not to follow a super investor blindly because maybe they got in at a point where you didn't get in and and probably Berkshire Hathaway made a small profit on that investment at the time, but then they got entirely out of it, even though they put $4 billion. So You have to really be sure what you're investing in before you just follow someone. So I'm kind of glad that I didn't just go into it because now if I put a lot of money into it, I might second guess myself and say, did I really study this correctly? Did I read the geopolitical tension between the U.S. and China and Taiwan correctly? I don't know. So I'm kind of glad I sold that one practice share and just I I haven't gone back to semiconductors in a little bit, but Sometimes it's better not to get too committed to something you're not sure about. Jumping to another thing now is
1: I did not buy a business that I had studied and it was so close to margin of safety. We're talking a few dollars, but no, no, no. I was waiting for it to just dip below margin of safety and then whoop, up went the stock price. And we're talking a few dollars. I could have bought the company at half price, but I did not. I was waiting. And next time, if it's a few dollars from margin of safety, I'm going to buy in also because I buy in portions, usually in tranches. So I buy one portion and then if the stock price falls, awesome. I can buy more. But if it starts going up, then I might not be able to buy more. But at least I got one portion tranche. But yeah there was a business recently i would say maybe half a year ago that yeah i just did not get to buy and it yeah it's not coming down it's up there again so
0: yeah, I've, I've done that so many times and what that's called is the error of omission and sometimes it actually can be pretty painful because you put a lot of work in you're like but it's so close and yet so far and Warren Buffett has also made that same mistake in the past. Like he sometimes is a little stubborn in saying, I'm only going to pay this price. If it doesn't go there, I'm walking away. And he also regretted sometimes, you know, not it's buying so painful. something. It's yeah, so because... painful
1: just watching and knowing, okay, you did not jump on the opportunity
0: yeah, when it was I... there. No, that's... no, it
1: needed to just go down a few dollars more and then bye-bye.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so that's the error of omission is not taking an action when we should have or when we're like oh I could have bought it at that price and then why didn't I do it why why did I just sit on my thumbs and not do anything and that reminds me of another similar sounding error called error of commission which is buying something when you shouldn't have so taking an action when you shouldn't have like I've done that where I bought a stock that was like catching a falling knife where it's like Ooh, it's on sale. It's it's so exciting and I want to buy into it cuz I don't want to miss out, right? And then all of a sudden people keep selling the stock more and more and more and then I'm like, "Oh my god, why am I why am I, you know, letting this knife go into my hand, you know, figuratively speaking and just catching that falling knife." And I'm like, "No." Now I'm like down like 50, 60% and that was an error of commission when I took an action and I shouldn't have done that. Okay, so my next
1: share of a mistake I made was a lesson I was taught about diversification. And I really love us talking about mistakes because it really, in the end, is valuable learnings. And what I did when I was in my early 20s was I was very much into microloans and the way it worked was that I would support businesses in Africa, oftentimes female founders who had some really interesting businesses, and I would loan them a small portion of money so that they could buy fabric or something like that to to help their business. And, and what I did back then was I diversified throughout Africa. It was the same company. I traded these microloans in, but it was from different regions of Africa because I needed to diversify. It was different businesses. Some were agriculture, other were retail. So I really felt I was diversifying also by investing in different countries in Africa. However, my lesson was what happened was that even though it was in different African countries, there was a particular office or a particular person that had offices in different countries and that person was embezzling. So some of these businesses did not exist and some of these businesses never got their money because he kept it. And it was a huge scandal, at least within microloans at the time, because it was actually such a beautiful cause. But yeah, that guy really ruined it for, for those small businesses. What my lesson was that even though you think you're diversified, you might not be. And it's something I take very seriously today. Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger don't necessarily believe in diversification, but rather to concentrate on a company and really understand it. But of course, they still diversify. They own businesses, they own stocks, and they own real estate, different kinds of real estate. So they do diversify, but you might think you're diversified,
0: but you're not. That was my lesson. Wow. And that's a shame because like you said, it sounds great. Like it sounds wonderful to do a micro loan to, you know, a, a hardworking, earnest person, which I'm sure they existed. Mm-hmm. But then you just get a bad apple who embezzles and it's like, like Bernie Madoff or like a pyramid scheme. Like these things unfortunately happen. So it, it goes to show that we should do our due diligence and And understand what it means to diversify. And that's another mistake. There's many kinds of diversification mistakes. Another one that's a little different related to the concept of diversification is if you're too diversified, like Warren Buffett doesn't like too much diversification, he still does it. And it's ironic because he promotes people to just join a low cost index fund like the S&P 500. And that's, pretty diversified. It's got like 500 American large cap businesses, which are are sort of reliable, like they're, you know, they're some of the strongest American companies, but you can't possibly have the time or the wherewithal to study each of those 500 companies. So even though it sounds nice in theory, like, oh, I'm going to invest in America, like it sounds good. And a lot of people have done well investing in an S&P 500 index fund. But if you really come to think of it, do you really know what you're really invested in or do you believe in what you're invested in? So when you start peeling the layers of the onion back, you might get a little bit spooked in what you might come to learn about. So that's another thing you have to kind of ask yourself, like, are you okay with being ignorant and investing in these index funds or mutual funds that you don't really know what they're really doing, the underlying companies behind these, these funds? Hopefully they're okay, but not always. But even for S&P 500, I wouldn't say
1: that's diversified because that's all in America. And if there's a crisis in America, crash, they all come all come falling down or not necessarily all of them, but many of them. And that's where, for me, that wouldn't be diversification after my experience. Maybe for some other people, they would feel comfortable doing that. But in my book, the S&P 500, it's not diversified enough for me to calling that a diversified portfolio.
0: And maybe that's because it's still a stock market security, right? Like unlike say, diversification could also be- That too. It's It's one country and one asset, yeah. Yeah, it's not different assets like say real estate and a business that you control or all kinds of other things you could invest in like bonds and different forms of assets that people might want to do in different countries, right? Absolutely, yeah. All right, so one mistake
1: I have experienced as a mentor for people is that we go through value investing and you know all the principles and then it can be really really difficult in the beginning to still 100% understand all of the principles. So one experience I had was after teaching about valuing companies So you go through the whole four step of Warren Buffett's principles, circle of competence, investing in management with talent and integrity. And we want to own a business that has a competitive advantage. And then you do the valuation. And what I've experienced is that there will still be some excitement with beginners to invest in something that's popular, something that might not be the best investment, but is popular on social media, for example. So what you can easily do with the Warren Buffett valuations is to value a company that's not a quality business, that's not a healthy business. And you go in and you use Warren Buffett's owner's earnings calculation, for example, on one of these meme stocks. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's trading at a great price, but it's not a Warren Buffett style company. It wouldn't be a company that Warren would invest in because the company might have long-term debt or any of those indicators that we go through. So one thing you should really be aware of as a beginner is to not go in and do the valuation on businesses that aren't quality businesses, but something that's you know just one of those meme stocks and some of them could be quality businesses but a lot of them don't have great earnings and things like that when you go in and look it's like oh my goodness people stop
0: <laughs> yeah and and that's another point it kind of reminds me of is treating investing like gambling or thinking that when you're trading, you think you're an investor, but really you're more of a trader and you're kind of gambling. So there's a fine line sometimes. And the way that you kind of know if you are investing is if you're doing it for the right reasons, like you're doing it for the long term. you really did your research, like the company has at least 10 years of a track record and didn't just come out like in the last few years with a fancy cool new toy that people are all excited about. Like, woo! this is the best thing since sliced bread. And everyone's like super hyped up. During the pandemic, there were some pandemic favorites like Zoom and Zillow and Peloton. And those were some of the pandemic favorites. And then what happened to some of those? Like they went like a little bit petered out. So sometimes people hype things up and now things are being hyped up like AI. So are you... Are you really doing the hard work that it takes to know what you're investing in? Or are you just gambling? Like, that's another very classic beginner investor mistake.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when you get some of these tools, they can be very powerful. All of a sudden, you know the stock price you should buy a company for because you have the valuation models and you're like quick to, oh, I should just buy that company because everybody is talking about it and it must be great. And then you don't do your due diligence but you know you have this tool that can calculate the price and it's something where you really need to take a deep breath and go back and then do the homework you'll be so much more certain and feeling so much better when you've done that homework that what you've invested in is not a gamble but a great business
0: for sure yeah and another mistake that i think happens to people in a similar way is that they're they're constantly checking the price because this happens to especially to beginner investors who they're like, "Oh, it's trading at $30. I hope it goes up." And then you you buy it at $30 and then it then it will go to $28 and you're like, "Oh no, I made a mistake." And you're checking it every minute or every other hour. You're checking it obsessively and you're like, "Oh my god, it went down to $20. I lost $10 per share." And it's like, "No, you haven't lost money yet if you haven't sold. But this is what happens to people who, who they're just, the only thing they judged the company is on the stock price. And they didn't do any homework like we talked about before. They just bought it, hoping it will go up. And so then you have nothing to go by. You just, you only check if it's going up or down and it makes you feel crazy because you're like, oh my God, did I make a mistake? It went down $10 or, oh my God, I'm the best investor ever. It went up by $10. <laughs> like that that doesn't necessarily yeah. compute. It's it's not like that. So you shouldn't make that classic mistake of just buying something you know nothing about and you're just judging it on stock price alone. I've been there so
1: You know, Once you get out on the other side with this Warren Buffett style investing, it's so much more rewarding because you're not in that position where you're constantly questioning yourself and I don't check the stock market every day. I really don't need to. If something is going to happen, I'm going to be notified and I do follow along as much as I kind of know the companies I would like to buy into what's happening with them, but the rest I couldn't you know, I don't have to think about it at all. <laughs> and that is so nice. It's so nice that you don't have to track it all the time, mm-hmm. that you have that trust in, okay, I'm good. I'm fine. My
0: positions are doing great. Yeah. Like, yeah. you you know that you've done the right thing as an investor when you can just buy it, like, you know, initially in the beginning, you buy your four tranches into a company and then you set it and forget it for the next 10 10 years to a you know to the rest of your life. Like that's when you know you did yeah. well because you can check it maybe once a quarter or once a year, and it's like, oh, it's still fine. Like yeah. that's such a you wonderful know, feeling. Yeah, that's when you know, like you're like, oh, that's nice. I, I get some dividends, it, you know, if it's a dividend kind of company, but it doesn't have to be. Like you're like, oh, my cost base is like zero now because I got back all my uh cost bases through dividends, like Berkshire Hathaway did with Coca-Cola and American Express and you know i'm not saying that you should just park your money in a good dividend stock but you know if you made the right decision in buying it low uh, like at a low stock price and then sometimes the company splits so then your your cost basis becomes super low and and if you did the right thing you don't even have to collect the dividends it just it, it, the value that you paid for it is so low compared to the value it will be in the future that you, you just feel happy. And I'm sure that's what happened to a lot of people who bought Berkshire Hathaway A shares back in the day. And then, you know, maybe they only bought it at $20,000 and now it's at half a million. And they're like, woohoo, you know? So, yeah, I think yeah. that's that's a you know, feel good way to kind of summarize some of our mistakes is like, yeah, it was a great the- way to
1: end the show actually in a feel good way, you know, is painful. I noticed at some point how I moved away from the microphone, because it was so uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> talking about the, these mistakes. So ending on a high point here and talking about all the good feelings that comes out of knowing what you're doing.
0: Yeah. And you, you know, just have faith that there will be light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes. We, you know stocks don't just go in a perfectly straight line up they will go down sometimes but you you have to do the work and develop a sense of conviction and keep the faith because if you don't keep the faith you're just going to not you're not going to make the right decisions if you if you don't build up the knowledge and the circle of competence and 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 know yourself as an investor that was another mistake that I've seen people make and myself I've made is not knowing what my investing temperament is. You got to know yourself when it comes to investing. And with that important lesson and us knowing our
1: temperament, it's now time to say bye for now. We will be back on Tuesday. Till next time. If you enjoyed the show and found the content informational, we would be super grateful if you would leave us a review and follow us wherever you get your podcasts so you automatically get new episodes in your feed. We publish a new show every Tuesday.
0: The contents of the Investing Mastermind podcast are for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. None of this is investing advice. And if you need help in your personal situation, please consult with a professional.